come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Good, bad, and ugly on a Monday. Plenty of all three over the weekend. There was some some good Longhorn fourth quarter. Cowboys defense. Mm. Cowboys defense. Hey, it's the best defense in the league. I think. I think so too. I think they. You know. I think the 49ers may have a better all around defensive line and front. Maybe with their linebackers, but their secondary the Cowboys is much better than well, the 49ers think- secondary. And the Eagles, they have a better, maybe have better defensive line too. But I'll take the Cowboys back seven over the Eagles back seven. Yeah, poor Zach Wilson yesterday. Uh, no, I don't know much how much different. <laughs> Feel bad for Zach Wilson. Um, all right, so that, good, bad, and ugly. Ugly includes the uh, the Austin FC lost again last night. Mm. Jeff, well, Josh Wolf called it a must-win game. They lost to Portland, who hadn't won a road match in two months, two and a half months. They beat them two to one. So there's some ugly there. Uh, weather over the weekend. How about the how about the rain? Poured down rain. I, we were driving Beautiful to Dallas, thing. and man, I was driving in a oh. torrential downpour between Salado and uh, Belton. That was pretty scary. Couldn't see much. Uh, but that storm moved through middle of the day Saturday. Good to get some rain, get some wet stuff, cool the temperatures down a little bit here in uh, late September. Looking forward to conference play for the Longhorns. Also talking about Deion Sanders on the way to the timeout. His team is 3-0. and They continue to be the talk of college football. Yes, sir. And really the talk of college football should be Deion, but also – the Pac-12 with eight ranked teams. And I, mm-hmm. I mentioned, Rod, there's a bunch of ranked matchups this week when you start oh, looking yeah. forward. Three of them are in the Pac-12. Three, three matchups of ranked oh, teams no, they got some, playing this weekend. The only reason one of them wouldn't make the playoffs is they just cannibalize each other. That's right. But the, right now, since the Pac-12, because it's the best year for the Pac-12 we've seen in decades, it's, like it's almost inevitable. They're going to have one team in that college football playoff. But they could eat each other alive. It could yeah. happen. Yeah. No, I mean, they uh, – I mean, because Colorado's going to get all the headlines, but we still know their lines of scrimmage struggle, and that's going to be, you know, if they get to six wins this year, that'll be a pretty incredible year for Colorado, by the way. They only have three, I know, but, man, they're going to play some really good teams, including Oregon and USC back-to-back here, mm-hmm. and they're, it's becoming more and more evidence that their lines of scrimmage are, I don't know if they're up to snuff with some of these teams in the Pac-12. Uh, same time, the, you know, everybody talked about USC, rightfully, with Lincoln Riley and that amazing offense and Caleb Williams, but uh, the team no one's talking about is Washington. Washington's really good. Man, Michael Penix Jr. right now might be him and Shadir Sanders. Yeah. Heisman front runners. Yeah, man. And They're look, they, they really played well. Michigan State this weekend, and Michigan State dealt with the Mel Tucker mess last week, and that was the, kind of an easy thing, see to think, the easy thing to see coming, but they went into East Lansing and won 41 nothing. Like, they just beat the heck out of Michigan State. So, yep. uh, impressive for sure on the West Coast. But uh, uh, Longhorns, impressive. Uh, you know, as Rod said to start the show, don't panic. I mean, it's a work in progress, this team, and. And you'd rather be a, a really good team. second half and fourth quarter team, than a, unlike last year when you were terrible in the fourth quarter. That's what I say. I know Logan fans are upset that they're not, like I said, a four quarter team. I get it, but man, the TCU went to the national title uh, game last year, essentially just being a fourth quarter team. Yeah, find a way to win in the four, in clutch. They were just a clutch time team. We are complaining. This is how we know first world problems. I love, that's why I love Logan fan base because we would find something to complain about. <laughs> uh, we were complaining about our team being really clutch. And I know if we want them to be undefeated and a national champion, and you guys know, hey, I'll be the first one to come on here and start screaming and yelling when it's time to panic. I will. I do. <laughs> you guys have heard me several times. I'm not screaming and panicking. I see way more upside for this team. And the things that they have to fix and figure out, I do think they have the ability to do that. They're and fixable. All, Yes, and they have all the components and all the materials to do it. That's why I'm not concerned. If, trust me, if I saw, if, if it was bleak 
and I saw Doomsday on the horizon, you guys know, I would tell y'all. Yeah. All right. I would let y'all know. The the problems they have, as he said, they're easily fixable. We've seen this team start as well as any team in the country the last two years with Sark. Under well, his, and now all of a sudden they haven't gotten off to a good start and now yet. All of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But 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 they fixed our biggest complaint. I think well, one, one of our biggest issues was, hey, man, I need you to be a better second-half team. I need you to be a better fourth-quarter team. And I need you to start responding to adversity better. And I need you to make better adjustments, Sark, and be better at the chess match within the game. And all those boxes have been checked early on. Now we got new problems. But those are first-world problems. Those other problems, not being a fourth-quarter team and not responding well to adversity in the second half and not winning the chess match in the game, that, that's, those are third-world problems. That's going to get you beat. Yeah. That's going to have you win eight and wins. And it did last year. Yeah, that's going to have you lose uh, two and five in one-score games. This, these problems now are problems, yes, that may, you know, hey, they'll come back to hunt you, no doubt, if you don't fix them before the season's over. But it's so early, I do believe they'll figure this part out. Yep. That's hey, my thing. Uh, with that in mind, let's get to the headlines, trending topics to start your Monday. Make sure you're in the know as you get up and out. Top Gun rentals and lawn equipment start with the Longhorns. Their road, who rode their defense and a strong ground game to a 31-10 win over Wyoming on Saturday night. Program's first 3-0 start in more than a decade. Their passing offense scuffling most of the night. It was sophomore running back Jonathan Brooks. And the defense that stood tall. Brooks ran for a career high 167 yards on 21 carries. We came the workhorse with C.J. Baxter out with an injury. And aside from a 62-yard scoring run on the first drive of the game, the Texas defense held Wyoming to 229 total yards over the final 57 minutes. Capped a three-touchdown outburst in the fourth quarter with a Jaron Thompson pick six that put Texas up by 21 as the Longhorns get the win for a pleased head coach Steve Sarkeesian. I think that's what championship teams do. They find a way to win when they're not at their best. And tonight, I can it's safe to say we were not at our best, but we found a way to win, we found a way to adapt, we found a way to you know, stay composed, keep our composure, uh, and then start playing our, our style, our brand of football, which I thought you know, really shined through. With their third straight double-digit win to the season, the Longhorns have jumped past Florida State and risen to number three in this week's AP Top 25 behind only Georgia and Michigan. Longhorns' highest ranking in that AP poll since 2009. Oklahoma, the only ranked Big 12 team after three weeks. They are at 16. K-State fell out of the Top 25 after their loss to Missouri on Saturday. In the NFL, Dallas Cowboys have opened their 2023 season emphatically 2-0. They roll past the New York football Jets 30-10 yesterday in Arlington. Dak Prescott threw a pair of TD passes. Rookie kicker Brandon Aubrey made four field, five field goals. And the dominating Dallas defense continues to be the headline maker. Four Jets turnovers held the Jets at his 215 total yards. 68 of those came on one Garrett Wilson touchdown catch in the second quarter. Cowboys are joined at 2-0 after seven weeks by seven other teams in the NFL. Six are in the NFC. Philadelphia and Washington in their own division. San Francisco, Atlanta, and Tampa are all still unbeaten. Baltimore and Miami, the only two in the AFC. There's a doubleheader of Monday Night Football tonight. New Orleans is at Carolina. Cleveland is at Pittsburgh. Houston Texans off to an 0-2 start to their season. They lost to Indy in their home opener yesterday, 31-20. They're banged up up front, to say the least. Major League Baseball, tough weekend for the top three teams in the AL West race. Astros, Rangers, and Mariners went 1-8 over the weekend. Rangers and Mariners got swept. Rangers in Kansas and Cleveland. M's at home to the Dodgers. Only win came from Houston yesterday. They beat KC 7-1. So with two weeks remaining in the regular season, Houston leads Texas by a game and a half in the AL West. Seattle is two and a half back in the division. They're a game back of the Rangers for that final AL wildcard spot. Also yesterday in the American League, Baltimore and Tampa Bay both clinched playoff spots. Big win at the Dell Diamond yesterday for the Round Rock Express. They top Vegas 5-1. They jump into first place in the PCL second half standings by a game over Vegas as they head out to Tacoma this week.
week. Corn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, I got a question for you. This is a, a question I was throwing out. Started blogging the boys, so I'll give them credit. I think it's an interesting conversation started for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Michael Parsons is the best Cowboys defensive player since. Wow. Ever that I've seen. On your, your age, you're, you're yeah, your age, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, e, you go way back. Probably for me, since Demarcus Ware. Demarcus Ware was a beast. I think Mike is better. I mean, he is. Anyway, no, and look, Demarcus in the Hall of Fame, and no. rightfully so. Yeah, I'm not and, saying and that. And Ty said that. Ty says I don't know that I've seen, seen a player like Micah Parsons. That's the whole thing. And I think Cowboys are or are anywhere. I mean, he's he's 255 pounds, but he runs like Tyreek Hill. I'm like, what the hell is this guy? How did they block him? His his, his quickness, his power. Uh, he I, is he I, is something else. I heard an interview with J. Run Curse on. I think it was on the ticket. And they asked him if you lined up everybody on the team and had them race, who would win? And he said, Micah. <laughs> and it looks like it. And I was like, what? Well, you know why? The reason I say Tyree Kill is Tyree Kill, when you watch him play, you're like, he's the, he's the fastest guy on the field. No one can catch him. That's why he scares defenses. Well, Micah plays. You're watching him. He's the fastest guy on the field. That guy's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, I don't know that we've seen a player like him. Is it Dion? Plus, he's got this. I think it's Dion. That's a good one. I mean, primetime was primetime. He was the prime best. Was he's the best defensive player in the league, arguably. Definitely the best corner. I'm going to say it's the best since primetime, but he's he's more impactful than primetime. Well, look, I he's, mean, he's, I, he's more impactful than primetime. No I mean, doubt. Somebody on the text line says, goes back to Randy White. That's you have, the, the might man, have to. The manster. Part man, part monster. Someone says Charles Haley in 2002. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, this guy is, uh, He's. I think he's the best defensive weapon in the league. And, you know, in his rookie year when he was all pro, he was com- compared to there was some Lawrence Taylor comparisons. And I don't think that's too far off. I mean, Lawrence Not Taylor anymore, just wrecked man. games. And the thing about Lawrence Taylor when he was on those Bill Parcells Giants teams was the defense itself was great, right? He was just one piece of a great defense, and that's what Mike is. There's so many other really good players that, you know, you, you, you got to account for him. But, man, it opens things up when he, when he comes up the middle. And and they have to double team him in the middle. Well, that opens up things for Demarcus Ware, oh, for Diggy Zua. Everybody, everybody's getting yeah. theirs. And again, this was a this is a Jets team. Their offense isn't good. The Bills, they had no business beating the Bills in Week One. We all know that. Josh Allen gave them four turnovers, and they they won in overtime. So this is not a good Jets team with with Zach Wilson at quarterback. They've got okay. a major problem there. But you know they had 215 total yards. 68 came on one play. So on the other rest of the game, they allowed 147 yards. 147. This is an NFL game. <laughs> I mean, come on. They kept talking about what 85 Bears and Raven 2000 Ravens. I mean, they were they were boldly guys on this defense boldly making now, those now types of proclam- you know, now proclamations. They're like it, right now they're playing yeah. like it, like they want to be historically good. Like they, they they're actually looking at them. I'm sure they were disappointed big time in the in the Garrett Wilson touchdown because it was just a one one blown missed tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one good throw by Zach Wilson, and that was it. But that's the only touchdown they've given up this year. And they the time of possession edge was 42-15 to 17-45. They played eight quarters. They've only given up a touchdown in seven of them. Like, right? That is crazy, man. This, I think it's the best defense in the league. Yeah, they've they've shut, out, they shut out their opponents in seven of the eight quarters they played. Uh, well, and, and Tony Romo was doing the game yesterday with Jim Nance, and he was comparing him to, to Lawrence Taylor on the broadcast. And um, yeah, I mean it's it's hard, it's hard to argue right now that he's the most dominant force on that side of the ball in the league. I'll so. give this one little stat uh, just 
while we uh, finish up the conversation about Micah, because I gave it earlier, and it is a mind-blowing one to show you what kind of pace he's on. He has recorded at least two sacks in 28, over 28% of his career games, highest percentage of any player in NFL history. Reggie White, who is known as the all, one of the all-time greatest pass rushers, um, he's, he had, he's at 21.6% of his career games where he had two-plus sacks. Before we uh, get to Rod's rant, I uh, do a couple other bad stats on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Not for the Give Cowboys. Me, me some bad stats. How about the Giants comeback yesterday? The, the other two te- two of the three teams, or three of the four teams in the Cowboys division are undefeated. Washington, Philadelphia, and Dallas. The Giants, they had allowed 60 points before scoring their first point of the season. They were down big time to Arizona yesterday in the desert. Arizona forgot they were tanking. Yeah. They forget. They forget. They were like, oh, damn. We That's forgot. We're tanking. At least they're giving their fans, so far through two games, two good good games oh, to yeah. watch. And now two Saquon Barkley games. has they're an ankle right. injury, fight. by the way. Keep an eye on Saquon Barkley's yeah. ankle. But they come back. and uh, But that's the most... The second most allowed before scoring to start a season since the 1970. Since the merger. How bad? How about not being ready to play? Meaning also Joe Burrow with the Bengals. Yeah, man. It ain't He's good. now 1-7 in, in his career in the team's first two games. He always starts slow, but this year, it it's especially ugly. The start. Yeah, he's he's going to miss a few weeks, too. Yeah, he, is he really yeah. aggravated Honestly, that calf injury? The Bengals may not make the playoffs. I mean, we talked about that division. We talked the, the Ravens. Me and E both. I think E picked the Ravens, didn't you? To yeah, I did. Division? I did. Um, and I liked them. I think I got them as a wild card. Ty, I'll give you credit. You were big on the Browns. Look, the Browns are going to make a move this year. It They're would be wild. They're playing Pittsburgh tonight. A huge game. Big rivalry game yeah. between those two. And guess who played Pittsburgh last week? San Fran. San Fran. Easy pick there. Oh, you know? yeah. I'm pick going back to that stat. That, yeah, that 49er hangover, But of all, of all the 0-2 teams, which, which, which team should be the most worried? Oh, we gotta got to go three. Oh, as far as – Yeah, mean, who are the 0-2 teams? you got Minnesota. Quick. That's a playoff oh, no. team last year's 0-2. The Giants. Yeah, we knew they were going to regress. And that's, Cincinnati are the three that uh, made Cin- the playoffs last year. Cincinnati is the one that I'd pick to bounce back. But, man, 0-2, you gave the stats, E. That's it's, – it's hard to damn near impossible. In, in the league to bounce back, from, to become a playoff team after starting going 2 And they're, I, I believe, right, uh, Cincinnati's 0-2 in the division now, right? Are those two division games they lost? Yes, and they started 0-2 last year, too. Not in division, though. That, correct. In division, getting, getting down like that in the division is tough early on. Yeah, you fight your way back the well, entire Well, and season. Cincinnati would, is the answer. I mean, Minnesota's still in a division that's winnable in my mind. Uh, Detroit took a loss yesterday to Seattle. Uh, Green Bay took a loss to Atlanta in a game that they were up big, oh, uh, and Desmond Ritter brought the Falcons back. They're two and zero now. So in that division, the a- NFC North, Minnesota can survive because the Bears aren't good. That's true. The D- Lions are still the Lions. Green Bay. Jordan Love only completed fourteen passes yesterday. Oh man, he had an ugly play where he like. Did you see him where he like well, lost he, his footing? They had a big lead, <laughs> and, and Desmond Ritter, the young quarterback, is for the Falcons outplayed him big time in the fourth quarter when it mattered most. I think. I think. Uh, Jordan Love was 0 for his last six in that game. That was my biggest surprise of the weekend. I thought the Packers would And the Falcons got some substance yeah. to him, and I think that Desmond Ritter is a winner. I would also send Bijan as a stud. But so for the for the Bengals, they're <laughs> in a much no, tougher division. No shock to anybody. They're here. in a much tougher division, uh, the Bengals. They're 0-2, and now their quarterback, Joe Burrow, has re-aggravated that calf injury. So they could be in real trouble uh, because if Joe Burrow is going to be out. Even for a couple weeks, all of a sudden you're looking at a 1-4, and 1-5 kind of start. And uh, you're now, now you're chasing Baltimore, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh in a very good division. Okay, uh, we'll talk more Cowboys coming up. Where does Micah Parsons rank all time for you as Cowboys defensive players? Um, good question from Rod. We'll talk more uh, NFL, but right now it's time for Rod's rant. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite 
and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, I want to talk about the Texas defense in that game versus Wyoming. Um, obviously, the 62-yard run was really disappointing. Uh, and I think the uh, Texas defenders, when they talk to the media, will probably be the first to tell you that they were really disappointed in that big run they gave up early. But after that, if you remove that 62-yard touchdown from Wyoming, um, that was first drive, fifth play. And I think we got to give that kid Whaley <laughs> just credit. He's a good player, and he's got some, he's got some wheels. He does. Uh, and I will, I will point out, I think Texas wants more speed at safety, and that's one of the reasons. All right, that's why they're playing that young kid, Derek Williams, out of Louisiana. He's starting to get some uh, some rotation there at safety. It, they they actually did try to pick on the Texas safeties a little bit. Yeah, Jaron Thompson had the pick six that sealed the game, essentially. Yeah. But he also had some they, – they, they attacked him on third down, trying attacked. to get him in coverage. Yeah, and they wanted to run basically that deeper outcut and see if he could cover that ground from that hash to that sideline. And I think he actually he made a play on it early. Then they got him like two or three times throughout the game. And finally, this is what I love about this team, too. Shows a lot of high football IQ as well as high football character. He figured it out. He finally figured it out that they, while they were trying to attack him, and then he jumped that out route. Fozzie was talking about, hey, somebody's got to jump that out route, man. They keep throwing it. Um, he finally jumped it. But they were attacking the safeties. They won't be the only ones to do that. Um, at least other teams will go after the, the Texas well, safeties. Because um, Keaton Crawford, they went after him a little bit too. Um, so I, and, 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 and I think they, uh, they figured out how to isolate some of those safeties uh, based on the formations. But, listen, that's, we're being nitpicky here. You take out the 62-yard touchdown run on the fifth play of the game, the Cowboys average two and a half yards per rush and three and a half yards per play. So <laughs> well, and, they, and look, they, yeah, they, stay, they, they figured it out pretty quickly. Well, and the, and the quarterback, you know, they, they, we talked about last week with Andrew Peasley. They may, they may bench him just to, for health, for the long part, the big picture for Wyoming because he was dealing with a bit of an injury. So you, have, you don't know the quarterback, and he turns out to be a big – remember, this is this head coach at Wyoming – Helped to develop Josh Allen, right? Yeah. Uh, and so he found this kid at Snow College who's 6'5 and 240 and got a big arm. Uh, Longhorn's prepared for Peasley all week, and all of a sudden you got this backup in there. Uh, and you said it. Whaley, Harrison Whaley was a good running back. I thought the kid Wyatt Whelan, number 11, their receiver, was a good player. I mean, he, he was able plays. to find holes in the Texas defense. But as you said, after the 62 yard run, uh, here's the drive chart for Wyoming. Uh, not a lot, right? Punt, 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 punt. Field goal after a 17-play drive in the third quarter, which chewed up over almost 11 minutes of clock time. Then punt, interception, punt, game over. So they scored on the first drive of the game and their first drive of the second half, and they didn't do anything the rest of the game. So good job, defense. It was a really good job for uh, by the defense. And you know one of the things that you're noticing uh, about the defense is they're rotating a lot of guys. You still see a lot of guys playing uh, on defense. I think it's a good sign because they – they have, I think they're going to have a lot of different options for different matchups throughout the season, depending on who they play and depending on, like I said, if they're picking on certain guys. You can say they actually uh, rotated in Malik Muhammad and Gavin Holmes after Ryan. They started picking on Ryan Watts a little bit uh, downfield. You talked about Whelan. Um, they went after Ryan Watts a little bit downfield at times too. And remember that cover? Well, they were in cover two. It was a big third down. It was probably the best throw uh, by the quarterback all day and big. 
time conversion by them. I think you you saw the secondary for Texas rotate different players. I think situationally, Malik Muhammad, better cover guy. Gavin Holmes may be considered a better cover guy for them too. Uh, so I, I think that's something to watch for as well. And they're rotating like five different safeties now. Hill Taft gets rotations in there along with Keaton Crawford, uh, along with Jalen Catalan, along with Jaron Thomas, and now young Derek Williams is getting a lot of rotations at safety. And I'm talking about the crucial moments, not just you know mop-up time or garbage time. We're talking about relevant reps. be interesting to see if that continues in conference play, uh, but I think it will because I saw it versus Bama. <laughs> like I said, Sark wouldn't play anybody he didn't trust, or PK wouldn't play anybody he didn't trust uh, versus Alabama. So the defense, we were hoping that they could make the leap from good to great. I think they're still on that kind of pace. Um, they, they just need some – I think they, they need some guys to make the leap and to improve, and a part of that is those safeties in the back end. Uh, Anthony Hill is going to get better. I mean, he was just out of his gap and playing the wrong gap. Um, that's why they gave the 62-yard run, and he'll be more gap sound. He's a freshman, but they still got a guy like David Bender in there that can stabilize the defense. So I like what I saw from the defense. Other than the 62-yard run they gave up, and I think the safeties were attacked a little bit. We're being nitpicky. I think the defense had a, a great game. And I love what I believe it was Eric Nyleen said it, that basically the ceiling of this team is the offense and what they can do. But the basement, uh, kind of the floor of this team is the defense. And the floor won't ever be that, be that low. Yeah. Because the defense will keep you in every game. It'll keep you like, you know, actually you should be ahead in every game, but it'll keep you right there in every game because I don't see this defense being a sieve and give, and being exploited by a lot of teams. Some teams will get them matchup-wise. Watch out for Kansas. Watch out for Oklahoma. But I don't see a lot of teams uh, being able to just match up really well with Texas defense because it's so versatile and so multiple. All right, coming up, we'll give away our Viking fence defensive play of the game. We gave away the player of the game last hour. That was Jade Barron with his nine-tackle oh, performance. Also, you could put Barron Sorrell in there. He had a tackle for loss and a sack. Longhorns now have nine sacks on the year. Uh, Jalen Ford had seven tackles and a tackle for loss. Uh, Tavondre Sweat had a tackle for loss. Vernon Broughton had a TFL. Ethan Burke had half of one. So, yeah, uh, after the long run, then give Wyoming credit. They wanted to slow this game down. They wanted to shorten the game. And they ended up with a, a time of possession advantage over Texas of 38 minutes, Rod. Yeah. And that one 17-play drive that they had was a big part of that, that time of possession win. But that's what the coach wanted. The, Craig Ball is a good coach, won a bunch of national championships at the, uh, the lower levels, and now he's trying to build this Wyoming team. And, you know, they executed a good game plan. They had some, um, some, some new players along I, I think hadn't seen the quarterback and the running back. And uh, they once they got a hold of that, defense did exactly what you said, kept them there, and then the offense exploded. And then the defense capped it off with a touchdown of their own. So uh, Longhorns 31, Wyoming 10. There's Rod's rant. We'll come back and get more into the Longhorns' defensive performance, and we'll talk Quinn yours. I mean, that's the if you're, if you're looking for concerns coming out of that game, it was the erratic play of your quarterback and how uh, Rod thinks he can um, you know, get that back on track. It was really good against Alabama. He was totally locked in this game. Didn't seem like as much. Uh, we'll talk about that coming back. Also more on the Cowboys and their 2-0 and start. How about the Cowboys? They've scored more points than any team in the league, and they've allowed fewer points than any team in the league. And Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. Hey, hit us up on the Specs text line, 337-3776, uh, with your thoughts on the game. Of course, uh, the crowd, um, you know, we, we uh, did our in-game watch on uh, Inside Texas, the On Texas 
YouTube channel. Great job, Huge viewership, yeah, uh, according to my friend Bobby, Bobby Burton, and so yeah. we appreciate that. But if you were in the stadium, I know uh, Jerry Hamilton, who joined me in the third quarter of that game, Rod, was in the stadium but came home after halftime. He came back to his hotel and said the, 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 you know, the, the, fan, the crowds were crowd was phenomenal uh, to welcome the Longhorns back from that big win at Alabama. Oh, I bet, man. And then, you know, got a little quiet in the third quarter when it was, you know, the, the Wyoming Cowboys tied the game, went on that 17-play drive pretty much. I mean, they pretty they had up the, almost the entire third quarter with that 10, that 17-play drive, 10 minutes, almost 11 minutes of clock time. All of a sudden, it's 3-3. Three, three at uh, their 10-10 going to, the, going to the fourth quarter. And then they play Thunderstruck. No, and yeah. And they get the light show going. They got uh, drone shows. They've got uh, the whole thing, man. And, uh, gosh, even Quinn Ewers said, man, it got us hyped on the sidelines. We were ready to go. <laughs> and, of course, they came out, and I said, I said on the watch party, hey, maybe do that in the first quarter. Uh, do the do the whole thing to start the game. I don't know. No, nah, uh, man. Come on. Get them pumped wanna, up. You don't want to peak too soon. No, you don't. We've been talking about this. Like, you right. peak too soon last year. You want to peak at the right time, and it's perfectly appropriate right before the fourth quarter. Thunderstruck, bam, everybody gets hyped. So I'm all for it. And you got me so, chugging my beer. Was it pretty there cool? It was awesome. With the LED, so they, they were doing the LED light stuff all game. But yeah. I mean, that on top of the smoke on the field and then the drone show, like that was awesome. That was cool, huh? That's uh, creating the uh, spectacle. And uh, the Longhorns then delivered with three quick touchdowns. It was Xavier Worthy with a lightning bolt. And then, uh, of course, Quinn Ewers ran one in, and then Jaron Thompson clinched it with the pick six. And uh, there were a lot of recruits on the sidelines. Colin Simmons, the Longhorns' top rated recruit, the, the five star kid from Duncanville, was on the sidelines with a contingent of uh, prospects for this class in the future, and they were all excited to see that uh, light show and the, the hype and everything that went on. So the Longhorns get a victory. They're num- to number three in the country now. And, again, the, the, there's only one other Big 12 team ranked. We talked about this going into the season, Rod, that the Longhorns uh, road to a potential Final Four appearance mm-hmm. is easier than any other team in the country, arguably. Seems that way. And I know at Oklahoma they'd say the same thing. If we can beat Texas, we control our destiny. And Oklahoma has a very favorable schedule. But the fact that the Longhorns got out of Alabama with a win and they're still undefeated now at number three, you know, their ceiling is them, Rod. Their ceiling mm-hmm. is themselves. And as this says, we go as Quinn goes. And Quinn, yours did not have a great game on Saturday. Uh, he was graded mm-hmm. out at 52.8 by Pro Football Focus. Uh, I thought he missed some throws. I mean, the one that, that stood out the most was the Xavier Worthy down the right, you know, down the right side, wide open would have been a big explosive play, mm-hmm. and just overthrew him with some bad footwork. And that's that's the Quinn, right? You're going to take the good with the bad. And he is when he's really good. He's really good. And when he's off a little bit, I think you get games like we saw on Saturday. He's he's a and I think Bobby Burden sir, saw shots my man Bobby. He's a little streaky. Yeah, he's a little streaky. He's a little streaky, and that's why. What do I always say about what, what Sark needs to do? Get him in a groove and get him in a rhythm because he is streaky. Get yeah. him confident, in a groove, in a rhythm. That's when you're going to get the best Quinn. What they do in Bama, in a groove, in a rhythm, and then you can go. But, well, you know, even, even I'm talking about any passes downfield. Some of those passes downfield seem, you know, pretty routine for him, and he was off. He missed them. Yeah, he was 2 of 9 on passes beyond 10 yards. Right, he was streaky. You want to you wanna get him easy completions early on. And they tried, by the way. I think one early on was an RPO to X-Man. But it, sometimes I feel like his, he's predetermined with his RPOs. Like he already thinks where he wants to go with the football. Like, hey, I'm, I'm throwing this football. Agreed. And instead of actually reading the defense and counting the numbers in the box, I think that happens sometimes. But, you know, it, it, like I said, we're being nitpicky, uh, but yeah, Quinn Ewers had an off game, and I think he's streaky, and Sark needs to recognize that and say, all right, I'm going to get my streaky shooter some easy buckets so that he can get in the groove, and I don't know if we emphasize that enough. 
Uh, well, mm-hmm. and again, the, the game started their first drive with a penalty. With a penalty, you know, the pre-snap penalty. They didn't have any at Alabama. They had one on their first drive, first which drive. made it first and so fifteen. So they weren't focused. Yeah, <laughs> they were which, not there's focused. the there's the Alabama hangover. <laughs> yeah. and, and then Quinn, they threw three straight passes after getting going to first and fifteen. The first one was behind Xavier Worthy a little bit. Then Quinn had an incompletion to A.D. Mitchell, and then he incomplete to Jordan Whittington, and all of a sudden you're punting. And uh, that was kind of the way of the first half. And it wasn't until Sark started to commit to the run game, because you mentioned the three-high safety look that, that Wyoming mm-hmm. was featuring. And uh, they went to the run game, and they went on their own 17-play drive. And yeah. that's where they broke out the fourth down package with the uh, the Red Cat, Savion Red, and they ended up in the end zone. And how about that? A touchdown for Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy. That was beautiful. Cause they could get, cause they could get in the end zone. I know. Think about it, that's the reason. I know we all love the big man touchdown. The big man touchdown came because they were like, guys, I'm not sure we can pound this rock well, necessarily in the end zone because they're missing the power element of the run game, right? That's what that's what C.J. Baxter provides for Sark that he likes is that power element of the run game. Jay Brooks did a really good job of saying, basically proving, hey man, I can. You know, add some of that power element too, but in that short yard situation, you need a power back. And that's why Savion Red and the Red Cat is actually a very refreshing addition because he looks like he can, he, he, he runs like he's mad at the grass. Yeah. And he looks like he can run some of those or, power or, concepts for him. For folks who don't know, remember in high school, Savion was a quarterback. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then when he got here to Texas, they had him as receiver his freshman year, and now they've moved him to running back. And it's all for that. It's the positionless idea that Rod talks about all the time. They want him to be, you know, a guy that can just be a weapon. And, you know, big picture, he's probably the replacement for Keenan Robinson when Keenan moves on this after this season. And Savion Red can become your Wildcat quarterback. He can uh, be a running back for you. Also in your receiving game, mm-hmm. he's explaining, as you said, he, he runs like he's mad. <laughs> he runs like he's mad. He does, man. Which is a good package. And, you know, now that's on tape. You know, so Baylor and Oklahoma and Kansas coming to have to prepare for that. And since he was a quarterback in high school, Savion Red, you can you can put some trick plays offside off of that, right? I mean, Savion Red could actually throw the ball if yep. you needed to out of the Wildcat, which they have not uh, – we have not done. They have not done yet. They tried. Uh, Rojo has tried. They had plays for Rojo to throw it. He pulled it both times. I remember last season when they they had a play for him to throw it because he just didn't like the look. So Sark is called for the the throw. I know people have gotten on like, hey, you know, break tendency, throw it. He's tried, and he always tells his guys, hey, to pull it. Just like uh, X Men. X Men had the double reverse on third and one, which <laughs> they had a text that said play calling was odd at times. Yeah, th- third and one with the double reverse pass. <laughs> Luan, <laughs> that's how you know Sark oh, was reaching a little bit there. He so, was. Um, but but yes, I I do think that you know Sark encourages his guys, hey, if you ain't got it, don't make a bad play worse. Just pull it, and that's why you don't get that pass. All right, can we hear the uh, Vikings? Viking Fence, our great friends at Viking Fence, the premier fence company all through Texas since 1972, 50-plus years, still locally owned and operated. They bring you the Viking Fence defensive play of the game. Completely different look. They're picked off. Give him six. A pick six. Karen Thompson back-to-back games with interception. Yeah, they scored three touchdowns in about a six-minute period uh, of time after only scoring one touchdown the whole game. Uh, explosivity, uh, explosiveness, what this Texas team has. They've had a 21-point quarter in each game this year, and that's kind of the thing you just said in your Rod's rant, Rod, that the se- the floor of this team is going to be pretty high because their defense is solid. Mm-hmm. And if you have a team, and I know it's not perfect for four quarters, it's got to get better, and Quinn's got to be more reliable and consistent. Yep. But if you have a team that's going to play that kind of defense, and then in each game you're going to have a spurt where you score 21 quick points, you're going to be hard to beat because that's going to separate you, and your defense isn't <laughs> going to give that up. 
And that's that's the that's a recipe for a good team in my mind. I mean, they they can still build on where they are, but when you can be that explosive and play that good defense and score with your defense. Uh, and by the way, I didn't mention special teams. Special teams was a huge factor the other night. Oh yeah, X Man exactly had a worthy. couple of big punt yeah. returns. Set up one big set up the first turns. field goal. Yep. Uh, they also, you know, downed a punt at the one-yard line. Now, the defense allowed Wyoming to go on that long drive after they backed them up into the shadow of their own goalpost. But all three phases, and yeah, Quinn was off a little bit, so your passing offense sputtered. Everything else was pretty solid. Uh, give, I'll give Jaron Thompson a lot of credit going back to the defensive play of the game because they were picking on him, and they were picking on him with the same concept, and there's nothing more insulting than a team picking on you with the same damn route over and over again saying, you can't cover this route. And I, I'm just I'm so happy for him because as a DB I've experienced that. I'm glad that they he, you know he he figured it out. I'm jumping that out route. They kept running that out route from that slot position. They would isolate him and then they throw that out cut. And I think they got him two or three times when um, he finally figured it out and got himself a pick six. So I know Jaron Thompson's not that fast. He doesn't have the wheels. We saw that on that 62 yard run because he probably should have had the angle to be able to cut off that guy and keep him from reaching the end zone. But I love his football IQ and how much he's increased. It's pretty obvious. And he said in the offseason that's what he was working on the most. He wanted to have himself in the right position. He wanted to know the defense so well, he's an elder statesman, to be able to line other guys up and be the air traffic controller back there. He's made two big plays this season, and you can tell because he was in the right place. Um, and he, like, He's playing the chess match within the game. Players got to play it on their level. Coaches got to pl- uh, coach it on their level. Yep, uh, this says Sark underestimated Wyoming. Look, I, I'll defend Sark on that. I heard Sark last week mm-hmm. talk about how impressed he was with Wyoming and uh, talked about how veteran they are, how how sound they are defensively, how physically tough they are, and, and they were all those things. I don't think mm-hmm. he underestimated. Now, did Texas, some of the players maybe underestimated? They got hit in the mouth a little bit early. Uh, but that's that's football, Rod. I mean, you yeah. played the game. Uh, you just you it, no doubt you you and I don't. Nick Saban calls it the success flu. He says you'll get it as soon as you have success. You'll have this success flu. Yeah, which means it's your hangover. Like I made it. I, you want to pat yourself on the back, and you're just getting praised well, and celebrated all week. I will instead of focusing and grinding. And I'll piggyback <laughs> on your thoughts on Sark and give him some praise because. You know, when you say, we talked all last week, are you going to attack this front seven of theirs, which is their best strength on defense, or are you going to go after their secondary? Well, he went after their secondary. Yeah. And the, game the passing game was off. Yeah. And so when his quarterback's having a bit of a night, what did he do? He saddled up the run game. And uh, you, you run made the an football. adjustment? Yes. You made an adjustment. Adjustments. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So I, I'm with you. I don't understand. Because we criticized Sark last year for not adjusting. Yes. We've and now he's adjusting. Now he's adjusting. And we're still criticizing. And I agree. He. That's why he's paid the big money. And we I'll don't say criticize this. him. You're in a but, good place for your program if you can underestimate a team and win by 21 points. They, they are, like I said, I said this to start the show. They are proving to be a fourth-quarter team. We're just upset they're not a four-quarter team. And I get that. Wanted to be a four-quarter team. But keep in mind, TCU made it to the national title game last year, and they were just a fourth-quarter team. That's right. They, a lot watched, of comebacks. A lot of comebacks. And they were down in games. A lot more yes. haven't been down in games yet. Well, the Alabama game was 16-13. Yeah. But that's good, though. Because we talked about this two years ago or last season. They, when they face adversity like that going to the fourth quarter, we would see them fold. Right, we would see, this team would not respond well to adversity, and they wouldn't respond well in clutch time. And Sark wasn't aggressive, and he wasn't making great adjust, adjustments in the second half and in the fourth quarter because he wasn't winning the chess match within the game. And now all those things are actually happening. <laughs> uh, and by the way, this is what Sark emphasized. Now you can get on him and saying, "Hey, man, I need you now. I need you to go back to the drawing board and emphasize four quarters of football, not just the fourth quarter." Remember, he said he was going to play more guys. Because he wanted his guys fresher in the fourth quarter. He said he was going to be a more aggressive as a play caller in the fourth quarter. And you brought this up, E, so I'll give you credit. 
I think trust is a big part of why in the fourth quarter he can make these adjustments. Remember, he talked about usually he's trying to get uh, he's trying to get an offense in a rhythm, yep. trying to uh, call plays they're comfortable with, which means plays they know, which means plays the defense knows as well because those are their favorite plays. He said, screw that. We're going the opposite. I'm just going to be aggressive, which means he might call some of that playbook that he ain't called but once or twice, but he trusts these guys to do it. I think we're we're witnessing high football character and high football IQ with this team. That's something that I did not witness in the first two years with Sark. And I think the other issues that arise about them being a four-quarter team can be corrected because we've seen Sark have one of the best scripts, opening scripts, first 20 plays of any coach in the country. And that's part of the DNA of his coaching, you know, play calling uh, character. And I think that'll that's in there somewhere. That'll come back. And you combine that with the fourth quarters we're getting right now. Um, e, you're talking about – now you're talking about the number three team in the country. Yeah. Baylor, the opponent this week. We'll hear Sark today at 11 o'clock. Obviously, we can't carry that news conference, but we'll be, we'll be listening. The update on Cole Hudson's knee. He had, was on crutches on the sidelines after halftime, after he got rolled up on, kind of landed awkwardly in that play, and we'll get a full injury report as the Longhorns now uh, yeah. are through the, the first season, right? Now the real season begins. It's Big 12 conference play. Mm-hmm. One note on the Big 12, and then we'll get a timeout and come back with some bullish or BS on a busy Monday. We'll ask the question, which NFL teams are you more bullish on than maybe you were when the season started after two weeks? And maybe that you're uh, calling BS a little bit on. And in college football, and one of those, Rod, how about BYU? You know, we talk about the B- mm-hmm. the Big 12 not being very good, and they're not. They have they're one not. other ranked team outside of Texas. Uh, but uh, and, and how about Mike Gundy? Golly, they got smacked in Stillwater by Major Applewhite as the offensive coordinator at South Ooh, Alabama out wait. of the Sun Belt. Yeah, they man. won that game. Uh, we'll get some bullish for BS coming up. But BYU did go into Arkansas and beat Sam Pittman's Razorbacks. Keep an eye on BYU. They are in the Big 12 now, and they do play at Austin this year. They're a tough team with a bunch yes, of old, older veteran type mm-hmm. of guys. That's now a team to keep an eye on in the oh, Big the 12. Veterans. too. veterans. You're talking about they're like 25. family men. They're, they're paying mortgages and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, uh, we'll come back with Bullish or BS and uh, get some thoughts, including what happened in San Marcos on Saturday. And how about uh, 77 points for the Bobcats? 70. They scored 11 touchdowns, Rod. That's wild, Down at Texas State. They're playing arena football down there? Playing Jackson State, yeah. Uh, We'll come back. It's Bullish or BS coming next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Bullish or BS time. Coming off the weekend. About the BS in the AL West, Rod. The Rangers, Astros, and Mariners combined to go one and eight over the weekend. Ooh, that's a one and eight. That was a pennerick. U G L Y. No yeah. alibi. A couple of sweeps. Rangers and uh, mm-hmm. Mariners got swept. Astros found a win yesterday. It would have been all three got swept. Uh, but yeah, there's still two weeks of baseball to go. Also, mm-hmm. bullish or BS, Rod, uh, from Shador <laughs> Sanders' performance at Colorado on Saturday night. How oh, about yeah. him? How about down 28-17, the comeback, the 98-yard drive. Got the clutch time. He said he went. He went Brady. He said he went. Full on Brady. That's he did. He it was an unbelievable mm-hmm. comeback for them, and they win that game in overtime or double overtime, whatever the number was. It was late. It was late. Uh, also bullish on uh, the Missouri kicker, a 61 yard field goal to beat K State, 37 34. What a game. That crushed me on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> crushed you. Uh, 61. Get that guy. That's a, that's a big boy kicker, too. Yes. He is round shouldered. Yes. <laughs> is he thick with it? Thick with it. <laughs> thick with it. That was probably one of the better games of Saturday. So, uh, but Rod Bullish or BS, which NFL team have you seen through two weeks that maybe, uh, I mean, we knew the Cowboys were going to be pretty damn good yeah, and they're playing uh, Eagles, Niners, all really good. Is there a team that surprised you that they've been 
this good so far? Maybe you're a little more bullish on than you were when the season began. Mm, that is good. Um, bullish NFL team. That's a little I'm going to take your, your team because you like Miami a lot. Miami has yeah. really, really impressed me through two weeks. And, that, and we know it's about keeping Tua healthy and upright. Mm-hmm. And if he is, they're, oh, they're going to be great, hard man. to beat. But they, they've gone on the road and beaten the Chargers in L.A. Mm-hmm. and the Patriots in New England. So now they've got two road wins to start the year. Uh, they're, I'm bullish on them. They look like they're in, in competition with the Chiefs for the, in the AFC. It's really somebody in the NFC South. You can either take Tampa Bay, the way they've started. Baker, Baker. Because that shouldn't be the case, the way I saw that coming. Or you can take Atlanta, which I think a lot of us saw Atlanta as a sleeper. That could make a move. They'll this go year. as far as yeah, I picked him. I picked him to yes. win the division. And if Devin Ritter plays really well, which he did yesterday in the you fourth could, quarter, yeah, you can see them making. He's so a I, winner. I would say somebody in the NFC South has they, they surprised me because I didn't think Baker was going to lead two, lead to two dubs to start off the season. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and, and you know, for with uh, the Washington Commanders are two and zero as well. That's a you know what? It's nothing but Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. I, I was. I told you they're making. You like Sam Howell, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I would say Eric Bidemi. I was high on him because this desperation. He's this. This offense has got to work for him. If not, he's gonna get forgotten about. That was Everybody. another huge comeback yesterday too. Yeah, they're, they're down twenty-one big. to three. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this: there's a team that I'm looking at that I'm going to call BS on from just from yesterday. It's a one-game sample size. The Jacksonville Jaguars fell flat yesterday, and I'll say this: bullish on the Chiefs, even though they're only one and one. Their defense has really improved, Rod. Well, Chris Jones will do that. Well, (laughs) but what I was impressed with yesterday, because that was a matchup of Mahomes v. v. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Mm -hmm. Lawrence was 22 of 41. They can really cover. Uh, that, that that secondary that they drafted, uh, Brent Veach in the uh, mm-hmm. front office, those guys can cover. I mean, the, the yep. Jaguars have really good receivers, and there wasn't much open yesterday. Now, neither team commits to running the football in Jacksonville or Kansas City. They needed to run more. But uh, Jacksonville at home, they only score nine points, not score a touchdown. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, and, and With all those weapons? And the Chiefs had four turnovers. Chiefs fumbled a punt. I mean, they, they couldn't capitalize. So and they started slow. They I did. Oh, John, they, started, they started real Chiefs slow. were discombobulated. They when did. They, they, they were a mess. <laughs> uh, and, it, you know, at home, you, if your opponent turns the ball over four times in the first half, you got to blow them out. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And did they even score a touchdown? No. No. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I'll get. give credit to Steve, my, uh, Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense. They were they were salty. They're they're a good defense. They got We know Chris Jones is back. They play well up front, and their coverage, I mean, they're covering really good receivers. Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, uh, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and they locked them up yesterday. They were, there really wasn't much to throw to if you were Trevor Lawrence, so props to the Chiefs. I Let would me say. throw this out there. Bullish or BS, Brandon Staley, he's gone before the season's over. Bye. Do we think, I mean, do we think he survives the season? Bullish or BS? T.Y.? Mm-mm. It ain't looking good right now. I mean, they're so cheap. They are cheap. Great point. Cheap billionaires. So they may decide to keep them, but I think he does. I man, think I think they'll bounce back at least. I, that's they're still going to be on the edge of the wild card. I don't think they have a chance to win that division though. Yeah, even with the Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs still look the like the class. Denver's zero and two, and they just lost a, a tight one at <laughs> they home. They allowed the Titans to score twenty-seven points, guys. It's the first time since Week Eleven of twenty twenty-two that the Titans scored more than twenty-two. Yeah, in that time, the Titans averaged fifteen points per game. And he's supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. Got to go. Remember week one, he played man coverage against Miami 80% of the time. It's like, they're the fastest team in the league. You can't play that much man coverage against anybody, let alone the fastest team in the league. He's making some coaching moves. And I'm a Staley fan. This is me as a Staley fan at one point admitting he just looks like he's out of of his depth. I'm sorry. Just don't, don't look good for him. 
T.Y., what do you have for us in bullish or yeah. BS, my friend? Um, I don't know if you'll sell, sell. So the team that surprised me most to start the year is probably the Rams. Uh, one and one, they lost to the 49ers by seven yesterday. That's a tough game, too. But are you uh, are you bullish or BS with Sean McVay kicking a field goal down 10 with four seconds left oh, to cover? Oh, yeah, he crushed the cover. How about that, Rod? Yeah. The line was seven and a half to eight, and it was a 10-point game. And on the final play of regulation, Sean McVay went ahead and kicked a field goal. Meaningless field goal to make it a seven-point game, not a 10-point game. Well, it's points. Right? I mean, what's he supposed to do? You throw a hell, I don't know. Take exactly. Knee, <laughs> take <a knee>. Still. <laughs> what he supposed to do? And put he, points on the board. He definitely knows the line. I know All he definitely knows the line, but like as I said, we can a- you can ask him about it. But what was he supposed to do? What's the what is the tradition there? What I'll have to look up and see if he if it was uh, anyone asked him in this post game. Somebody I, definitely did. Hey, I more, mean, I didn't bet on that game, but so, if I did, or either way, I yeah, would, I would have very I'm questioning his decision making. No, no, no. I, the NFL should investigate. I ain't gonna lie, they should investigate it. They, they will. They should. More on uh, Texas's <laughs> uh-huh. win. Great fourth quarter. Longhorns <laughs> explode on uh, Wyoming for the big win, thirty-one ten. Speaking of explode, Texas State beat Jackson State in San Marcos Saturday Night Rod, 77-34. Mm-hmm. to 34. Damn, they missed the They scored 11 that. touchdowns. <laughs> they ran the ball for 400 yards. Of course, Dion took a bunch of their best players to Colorado, including the quarterback. Honey. They had 600. Yards. Texas State with G.J. Kenny had 684 total yards. G.J., you wrong for that. I ain't gonna, G.J., you wrong for that, man. You could have you you chilled out later in the game. He rushed the ball. He was handing the ball off. He's handing the ball off for 400 yards. What are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, 35 point quarter. Second quarter. 35 point. 35 point second quarter. And uh, Texas State off to a 2 and 1 start. Their one loss was uh, a tough, hard fought game mm. down at UTSA. Got for them in the Sun Belt. We'll come back. Longhorns feeling good. Sitting at number three in the country. It's Ian Rodby. Hook them up.